Okay, I have a few questions in here. The first question, I, I read the question out to you. Venerable, the Bodhisattvas also have to study, meditate, and make efforts to stay at the correct path. That's what I understood from the sutra we read today. Yes, a Bodhisattva still have to learn. What's the meaning of a bodhisattva? Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva is a Sanskrit word, a classical Indian word, ancient. Buddhi, that means enlightenment, understanding, complete understanding or enlightenment. And sattva is beings, beings like you and me. So that means the beings like you and me are slowly getting in their path of learning, they are slowly getting enlightenment. They haven't come up to complete enlightenment as yet, not an ultimate complete enlightenment. They are still in the process of learning. These people, like you, could be, you could call yourself a bodhisattva because you endeavor to learn enlightenment. You endeavor to understand more about the truth, more about the cosmos, more about life, if you have four prerequisite thinking in your mind, you can qualify as a bodhisattva, usually. We have uncountable, immeasurable number of beings in the cosmos. We have animals, we have humans, many, many beings on animals, but you, in your practice of bodhisattva, vow to enlighten them. So your first vow, you have to have four vows in order to qualify to be a Bodhisattva. Your first vow is, if I put it in general, come in English, I want to help. I want to help all others who are in need. I want to help all others who are suffering. I want to relieve all others from suffering. That includes my family, my friends, my folks, everybody. A dog, a cat, even a rat. You want to save. You want you want to save. You want to want to render compassion to them. That's the first criteria. The second criteria is also a vow. I vow to end my mental afflictions and end those of others. How many how many mental afflictions do I have? Immeasurable. Mental afflictions, you know what mental afflictions? In the, in the Sanskrit language, it's klesis, which means the thoughts of thinking that depress you, that leads you into suffering. Mental afflictions, like, for example, in common English, it's jealousy, greediness, hatred, depression, negligence, fallacy, injuries, um, Many, many of these mental afflictions. How many do you have? How many do I have? Can you count them? What's the time when you get jealous? 
What's the time you get jealous? Greedy. What's the time when you are ignorant of something? What is the time that you have a, a perverted self-view that you, won't do, you don't want to change? What is the time that you habitually think in a certain way and nobody can move you, nobody can change you? It does not matter who. Those are all the mental afflictions. These mental afflictions are habitually breeding in your field of consciousness, in your mind, in my mind, in your everybody, in all an, an enlightened being's mind. These mental afflictions are the seats of our suffering. When your senses are reacting to the outer environment, your senses, these seats are all agitated. So some psychologists call, call them, in another word, mental functions, mental conditions. So in other words, when I see, for example, I'm at Christmas season, I'm in the shop, I'm shopping for something nice. But it's not Christmas, Christmas yet, but I still roam around to see what I can get. I come to a shop, oh, I like that thing, and it costs $250. Well, I don't have that much money, I only have 100 So uh, I'm close to the, to, the, to the door, and he's got only one shopkeeper, and he's, he's entertaining, he's, he's, uh, he's talking to another customer right back there. I can just snatch it and, and get out, and nobody would notice it. So immediately you have this mental afflictions of greediness and theft in your mind. And you don't, you don't think of the consequence. You just take it out and dip it in your pocket and you walk away. And you walk fast too. You walk. That's mental afflictions, yeah. You have another one? Yeah, good. I like more. So, how many mental afflictions do you have? unimmeasurable. So the second criteria, as I said, in order to qualify to a Buddhasattva, you have to make a vow that you want to end your mental afflictions. How? Of course, there's many ways, right? One of the many ways is meditation. They're not just of your own mental afflictions and those of others, your friends, your members, your, your, your dad, your mom, your, your, your brothers and sisters. Because if you are free from mental afflictions, if you see your folks are also suffering in mental afflictions, then you're not a Bodhisattva. A Bodhisattva always, always want to give, always want to save, always want to render. So that's the second criteria. So you want to end countless mental afflictions. What is the third vow that a Bodhisattva should have? A Bodhisattva must vow to learn as much as possible to enhance their wisdoms and intelligence. If you are a Bodhisattva, you want to save, you want to relieve yourself of mental afflictions, but I'm too lazy. I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn because habitually we, we, we don't want, want to, to, to labor our body, labor our mind. I mean, why, do, why do I have to learn? Do you have that learning drive? You have the learning drive to end your mental afflictions you, and those of others. You have the learning drive to save. So it's a third vow. What's the fourth vow? The fourth vow is I vowed to go to that nirvana, complete enlightenment stage where I become the Buddha, where I get completely enlightened. I'm not enlightened yet. I'm just a Buddhist 
And the Bodhisattva have, have many stages, basically have 10 stages. You are a beginning Bodhisattva, you start to learn. All of you, if you have those four vows, you are a Bodhisattva. You already have made that first step in getting out in that path of the sages. Have you had that first step already? You already walk into the path if you vow to do these four things. If you have not, you are not a Bodhisattva. And even if you make vows to do three, and you're not learning it, you don't have the vow of learning it, then you are also not a Bodhisattva. So you have to satisfy these four criteria. So, good question. You said Bodhisattvas have to study and learn. Yes. Learning to a Bodhisattva is a lifetime process. It's not just, oh, I learned in this month, and that's it. I'm a PhD already. No more. No more to learn. There's no, there's no end. If you are a PhD in your learning to practice Bodhisattva in the path of the stages, a, Bodhisattva, a PhD is just like a landmark. You get to a certain level. But there's more and more and more to go. Unlimited. And on thinking more about it, aren't these the four most important criteria to lead a meaningful life? A good way of life? Rendering yourself to help others and yourself. Rendering to end your suffering. Rendering to learn more. And rendering yourself to go to that enlightenment stage. To have that complete understanding, complete enlightenment. Right? Bodhisattva. Are you a Bodhisattva? In here, there's one thing that most people think is important, mistakenly, that we didn't, we didn't find in these four criteria. You know what is that? Many, many people, especially people who believe in, who blindly believe in religion, there's no such thing as a God in there. Oh God, excuse me. God can forgive me. God will wash away all my sins. And I prostrate to God. I, I believe in God and that's it. No such thing. You got to do it. If you believe in a supernatural God and He can save you, logically, you know what that happened? You don't even have to ask. You, would, you, don't, you won't even go through suffering. Because that God wouldn't put you in suffering now. He would have saved you already. Assuming he's the most perfect mom and dad, you think he would deliberately put you, say, okay, John, go through that hardship. He wouldn't. He would love you so much that you are safe. Why would you have to go through all these sufferings? So, the Buddha said, don't believe in blind faith. Find it out more. You are Buddha. You are God in you. Don't have to look for it. You have that God nature in you. You are right now standing at the door. Even if the key is given to you, you've got to unlock it, open it, and look in. Learn more about it. Master, yes? Like yes, you want to add something? Good. Yeah. We have to walk the path. Of course. That's what I said. He, the Buddha can only show you the way. 
if the Buddha can walk the path for you, you already become the Buddha. Because the Buddha, by definition, extends the most compassion so the beings don't suffer. If he can walk it for you, he will, he will put you there, walk. He would, if, if Buddha can make you become the Buddha without you trying, then Buddha would have done it already. Right? So, but a lot of people say, yeah, Buddha wants to test us. <laughs> Why do you have to test us? God wants to test our endurances, so he put us in jail, put us in suffering, and he will test you. Oh, oh yeah, if you want to believe that way, you know, you have a choice. <laughs> you have the choice. Okay, next question. During the early meditation period, my meditation is interrupted numerous times um, with jerking sensations. Is this results from incorrect sitting positioning or from falling asleep? This did not occur at the later meditation period. Referring to the first uh, half of the question, your meditation is interrupted with jerky sensations. I don't know what you mean. Jerky sensations can mean many things. But then in the second, second half of the question, you said, is it because of uh, wrong sitting positioning and from falling asleep? Well, if you're in a, in a wrong position and falling asleep, certainly you're not meditating right. Jerky sensations means your thought is being led away by the jerky sensations. Otherwise, you wouldn't know you have sensations, right? If, you're, if you have your thought, if you feel, for example, your muscles here is getting a little thick in here, your thought is being led away to here. If you think that your, your, your stomach is thundering with hunger, your sensations go to the thundering, then you wouldn't be concentrating. So that means you don't have a continuation of thought. You're not clear. You don't, you don't, your thought is not on the nose tip. Your thought is always jerky, 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 thinking away. You're falling asleep, that means you're drowsy. You are submerged in uh, torpidity, which means that is snuffleness. You know, you, you just get drowned in sleep. Meditation is just, in our first half, it's just 35 minutes. And how much of those 35 minutes have you really stay in, um, in a true sense of consciousness that you realize every thought is here? If you, if you can put your thought to where your mind wants it to be, that means you're concentrating. If you can do that kind of concentration, the power will come because the power of the mind is unlimited. Your mind power is unlimited in the same way, it's also unlimited in a devilish way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's like fire. It can serve you well and it can burn you up. Um, how do you do it? How do you how do you use it? First of all, you have to know how to use it. You have to put it under control. That's the first step. If you put your mind under control, that leads you to the right path. If, I'm making an assumption here, you put your mind under control, you are in samadhi, you can have good concentration. A lot of people practice and practice and good concentration will come where they have only one thought, 
they have concentration. They, don't, they won't think of anything else during that half hour. But after they have awakened from that half an hour, when they're in the outside world doing their routine job, interacting with people, they lie, they kill, they commit sexual misconduct, they cheat, they, they do all kinds of wrong deeds, the meditation won't help them. Because it needs not just samadhi, concentration, it also needs wisdom. Wisdom and vipassana and samadhi combined, then you have that saintly path. That means that path is not just concentration. Concentration is to just to get you there. Then you have to add it with wisdom. The wisdom's not coming from misdeeds. Why? Because you practice sexual misconduct, lying, cheating, all this kind of thing. You know, what happened to you? You'll be so up, so much swallowed with bad karma that you'll be suffering. When you're suffering, how can you achieve enlightenment? So that's the reason why the Buddha said, first of all, you got to have morality. Morality goes hand in hand with meditation. You could be a good meditator, but you're a bad person. You never get enlightenment. Why? Because you're so overwhelmed with the resulting karma. Some people say, I have supernatural power, I have concentration, but I have a few girlfriends. And I have a relationship with these girlfriends. It does, not what kind, it does not matter what kind of meditation power. Your power is perverted. Because you'll be so much buried up in your own karma that everything you do, the resultant meditation, concentration, will result in hell. So not just concentration, not just meditation. You have to combine it with wisdom. You need these three. Without one, you can't, you can't walk the path. And you will find that in some of the religions, they also practice meditation. But they still have an ego. They still have a self. I'm teaching meditation. And my meditation level, it's come to, to a certain level that I can, I can meditate for the whole day without food, without that. And if you come to me, I can, I can teach you. And I won't charge a high fee, about $10,000, and I can guarantee that you'll get there. Well, a lot of people like that. People who don't know about Buddhism will, will probably be led into thinking that is true, and they pay and keep, keep on paying money to learn it. All right, so next question. Recently, a study was done with a school district of children that benefited immensely from meditation. Attendance went up by 93% and suspensions dropped by 78%. At what age should we begin this practice with our children? And what methods and how should we implement meditation? I think you, uh, you have created a very good awareness among us. Probably you're a teacher because you've done all this survey. And I think if people really pay attention to meditation, starting from young age, the society will be, will be a lot different. Uh, because first of all, they know how to concentrate. The best students are those students with the highest concentration. 
students who cannot concentrate at the teacher's instruction, could not concentrate in reading, could not concentrate in writing, they cannot be good students. Only students with good concentration can. But good concentration just alone does not justify him or her to be the best students. Because you need morality. What's the point? You are a genius, but you are a monster. You are a genius in science, but you wanted to create an atomic bomb to bomb another country for occupation. You are a monster. You are a genius in medicine, but you want to create, just as in the Japanese war, uh, we know about a 731 unit. They wanted to build a plant in Manchuria, in Harabin, um, where they, they create this hospital for, for putting humans in there as guinea pigs for, for medical studies. They dissect human alive. They put uh, poisons in the human's body to test their endurances. That's, during the, that's, that's what we got during the Second World War. Only geniuses can perform that kind of labs, but these geniuses are without heart. These geniuses are merciless. These geniuses are monsters. They're not geniuses, they're monsters. Because they kill, they kill, they don't care about life. They just care about scientific investigation and studies. So if you're talking about just meditation, you're talking about just meditation, increase attendance, meditation, reduce suspension. That's not enough. You should talk about meditation and wisdom increase the whole population of wise men, compassionate men, good leaders by 93%. Not just, not just people who do well in school. Doing well, doing well in school does not, just, does not mean that the school will produce, will, will produce good students. They're only good academically, but their moral standard is so low. You understand? Morality, concentration, and wisdom, all these three columns have to go hand in hand. We need an educator who deeply realized this, who deeply realized we need the concentration of the students to improve, we need the morality of the students to improve, we need the wisdom of the students to improve. What is the greatest learning you have received in Buddhism? You mean me personally? Why do you choose Buddhism practicing? You mean I should choose Christianity? You mean I should choose Roman Catholic? I have nothing against Christianity. I have nothing against Roman Catholic. What is the greatest learning you have received in Buddhism? Um, my greatest learning I have received in Buddhism is, um, you see, Every, every Bodhisattva, if, if, if I, can, I can term, my, I can call myself a Bodhisattva, which I can because I could be a low-level Bodhisattva. It's not a, you know, a Bodhisattva has so many levels. Every Bodhisattva has his, has his strongest vow. Some Bodhisattva have the strongest vow to... Um, to, to bring the Buddhist teaching to people. 
Some Buddhist tattva have the strongest vow to save people. Some Buddhist tattva have the strongest vow in meditation. So what is the greatest learning you have received in, Buddh in Buddhism? I think I, I just, my, the greatest learning that I have done um, in the Buddhist teaching is to promote, promote it to the people so that they know they can learn the Buddhist teaching and be relieved from suffering. That's the purpose. When I come to Vancouver, 1980, that's my objective. I came to Vancouver from Toronto in 1980 with my family, and uh, I saw this piece of land of half an acre, all dirt, weeds, a little bit of rhododendrons, people planting it, trees. And I walk on this land, I, and, and, and I thought, well, we don't have any Buddhism in, in Vancouver. Uh, we don't even have a temple. We only have a modified church that people modify a church, an old church, into, into um, a, a temple and teach the Buddhist teaching. And that's not enough, I thought. So I started to think, I want to build an authentic Chinese. Um, it does not matter the word Chinese. I just want. At that time, I thought, we want to have an authentic Buddhist building in there in which to, to, to promote the Buddhist teaching. So I started with this objective and I started to, to, to gather together money and gather together efforts in, 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 in 1980. And I slowly do it year by year and year by year until now is 2015, which means how many years? 35 years. I built this temple 35 years ago with no money with just some people's support and you know more and more we collect donations we you know I've, I've done so many things I even I even sing an opera in Othium, an opium theater uh, to, to collect money uh, and I, I do an opera in, in restaurants I do all kinds of things to, for donations and then uh, more and more I find support from the Chinese community and, um, and I get this money together and start to build. And I encounter a lot of setbacks and struggles and all immeasurable because I didn't get support from the government. Uh, that happened to all foreigners who come to do something that is alien to them. And, uh, however, they didn't have too much time for me. So uh, they didn't really pro into what I'm doing. Oh, these people want to build a temple? Okay, submit your application, submit your architectural drawings. And uh, it has to be in detail. We have this code, we have these regulations. If you go by these regulations, we'll consider it. So I did all the, reg all the, all the everything is prepared. And, and uh, they didn't have time to think about the consequence and they think you're a temple okay so uh, all right so they endorsed it so I start to build I have a long story to to tell about building temples about confronting politicians about how to change their mind about organizing a peer group into a, not a parliamentary building into the municipality building to organize it uh, race banners and oh <laughs> I've done all that 
So I, I actually have gone through a lot of snowstorms and rainy days and, and sunshines and <laughs> snowstorms. I stumble, I fall, and I get up again and all this and all that. Oh, but not just me. We have, a, we have at least started with five people who want who with me working together. Five people. Two are act, extremely active. The other three are just supportive. Two are extremely active. And um, surprisingly and unfortunately, I'm the only one left now. They all passed away. So I'm the only guy <laughs> who, who still have to, to see these things is done properly. Poor, poor me. <laughs> you know, I'm the only guy here who has to make sure that this is still working out fine according to the objectives. But if you ask me today, would you do the same thing or to start with it again? I say no. Because I, I don't have that ability. Too old. And when we started, we started with a piece of land which is worth $110,000, this half acre. A very oh no, no, 186000 or something like that. And now on Stephen Highway, an acre could cost $1 million. So just the land here is a lot of money. So if you have to build something like this, you, you need billions of dollars. And I don't know where my billions come from. I'm a poor guy. Yeah. I don't really have any money. But it seems that a lot of money flows through me and get into this building. But I don't, have, I don't have any money at all. So, but, I, but, but if you ask me, what's the greatest learning you have received in Buddhism? I have too much to say, you know. What's the greatest learning? Why, why, why do we change in this way? What is the greatest learning you receive in building this temple? That's more practical, right? I don't want to give you general answers for general questions. What do I get from building this temple? I can give you one word or one sentence. The more you give, the happier you are. Give, 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 give. But not many people give. You're sitting here at lunch, people give out money for you, donation, you just eat it, you know, <laughs> what do I care? There are people who give, you know. Not just receive, give. When you're, when you're in, the, in, in your family, give to your family members. Don't think about how, what, how, how much your dad should support you, your mom. Give out. If you're a wife, give out your responsibility, your love. Your children, how to educate your children, how to bring them up until they are good, valuable, benevolent, wholesome citizens. Don't be an alcoholic. Don't be a busybody or other things where you should be teaching your kids. Always give, give, give. No end in giving. But I can tell you, the more you give, the more you get in return. Don't worry about, I have a million dollars. If I give a million dollars, I don't have anything left. If you have a million, and you continue to give until you get to down to 200,000, you don't have any more left. You gave out 800,000. All of a sudden, two millions come. Then you have two million, 200,000. That's my experience. That's my experience. I also organize charity in China. 
during this 18 years, I started my charity 18 years ago. Um, before I became a monk, I was involved in businesses. I spent all my money made from businesses in doing charity in China with a team. They are volunteers, I, give, I, I put out the money and organized it. I already have raised more than 1,200 students from poor villages. Um, and uh, more than 1,200 over the 18 years. And unfortunately, only about 18, 17 of them actually went to universities. I gave them, I helped them in, the, in their educations when they were primary school because they didn't have any money to study in, in, in remote villages. They don't even have shoes to wear in, it, because the, the poverty and rich, the gap is very wide. In, in villages, they don't, have any, they don't have any transportation. So even the government gives them six years of free education. They don't want to go because they, they go with empty stomach. They don't eat any breakfast. They don't have shoes to wear. They don't have buses to, to take them to, to, to where they are. And even if they have buses, even if it's free education, you have to pay for your own stationery and books, $300 per, per term. And many of these kids, because they can't afford the $300, they drop schooling. Because why? Because the neighboring student is all paid up, and this teacher is asking you, hey, John, you haven't paid up $300 for your stationeries, and you, don't, you lose face. The, the, the little kid lose face and always being chased, you know, have not, have not paid the $300, he just quit school. You know, students quit school sometimes not because of they can't do the schoolwork. They're being affected by, by all these conditions. So I already help about more than a thousand students. And many, many uh, OH uh, seniors. And um, I have a lot of stories to tell. I have piles that thick about charity. And I have piles that thick about releasing sea animals and, and land animals from being slaughtered. Many, many of them. Where do I get the money? I use mine as well as getting donations. I'm very lucky in getting donations. That's the reason why. When I want to get donations, it's so easy. I think if you are doing the right thing, people always donate to you. I have the experiences, I don't know if I told you before, of getting a blank check on which I can write any amount on it. Oh, have you experienced that? I experienced that. And how much did you How much? How much did you write? Uh, can, you, can you guess? <laughs> Don't guess too much. <laughs> so I went to, I, I went to, uh, I went to uh, San Francisco. I, I talked to this, this tycoons and all that. And then I said, uh, I need, for the back building in this building, for this, just for this building. At that time, we were building it. I want to collect money. And I said, I, we, we, have, we, we are in urgent need of $300,000. And I talk and talk to, to her, and then she said, I'm a Roman Catholic, you know. Um, now, um, I, I'm interested in what you're saying. You're very sincere and genuine in, in presenting all these things to me. I have a lot of information to present to him. The drawings, the pictures, the photos, and I am impressed, but I'm a Roman Catholic, you know. My family is all Roman Catholics, and. I don't think I can help you out with that because, you know, then I said, oh, disappointed. So I went back to the hotel and next morning she gave me a call and said, okay, come to me and we'll have a further meeting. And then I came to her office and she said, here's a check. 
Um, I, I was really touched by your presentation and what you told me. And I think you're working not just for the religion, you're, you're working for the Chinese community uh, in Vancouver. Not just religion. You're working for all the Chinese folks. And because of that, I want to make a donation. Here's a check. I haven't written down any amount on it. Uh, you just write what you want on the check. You should sign it. I was holding this check without a payee's name. I was so glad. I was so overjoyed with gladness. But on the other hand, I was walking around and I said, this is not right. I mean, is, this, is, this, is it fake? You know, how do I know it's, how do I, how do I know it's true? And I said, on the other hand, if it is not fake, I still want to write down the amount and the name to make, to make myself honest, to, to make sure that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not cheating. So I went back and I, and I put on it the International Buddhist Society as the payee, and, and I write down 300,000 US dollars. Because I originally said that project required 300,000. I cannot write 600,000 in there. Because I said this 300,000. See, I almost fell into the trap. If I'm greedy, I would have written one million. <laughs> because that, that lady was a, a tycoon in real estate, you know. She owned many, many, many apartment blocks worth billions of dollars. So if I write a million, probably I get a million. But she leave it blank. Well, on second thought, I think maybe he only got about half a million in her account. And the most I can get is half a million. I don't know. I haven't tried it out. So I put down 300000 and said, this is $300,000. I said, I want to let you know that I, can, I, will, only, I will only get $300,000. That's the page of the name. I was it good? You're honest. Okay. Go ahead. And... I was on my flight back from, from San Francisco to Vancouver, and I considered myself the happiest man in the whole plane. I was holding a check of $300,000 just from a meeting of about one hour. So my billing rate is $300,000 per hour. $300,000 per hour. But I have, I have to count the traveling time. Counting the traveling time, I put another five hours, say six hours, I'm still worth $60,000 per hour. <laughs> See? That's how I got my money. That's how the building was built. I have a lot of... Yeah, yeah. We're lucky to have you. What? We are very fortunate to have you. Well, um, yeah, I think, as I said, all those who are learning to be a Buddhist tattoos, they all have vows to come back. If you have vows to come back to do that. Well, I have many, many experiences like that. And, and I built a, a Buddhist library in Hong Kong and uh, from the founder of a courier service, who was Chinese, Federal Express. You know, Federal Express is courier uh, organizations, right? It was sold to the German. You know, I was introduced to him, and I had a meeting and meeting and meeting and meetings. He said, no, 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 uh, we still need uh, a report from you, and I will be going away uh, in three or four hours, and I need a report from you, and do the report in time. So I was in Hong Kong, I said, okay, I try to do a report. So I, I finished the report in three hours, um, about 22 pages in English. I was typing on it, and then after that, I handed it to him, and he, he read it and said, oh, it's a good report. Uh, do, you do you prepare the report beforehand? No, I said no. Just you told me 5 o'clock, and now it's 8 o'clock, and I prepared it in, 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 in three hours. You should have been my secretary, because how could you have 
done a report like that in three hours. Okay, $400,000, you got it. So I got, I got $400,000 from three hours. So that's $120,000 120, per hour. So these are the kind of experiences I got in building the temple. And uh, I think one day when I pass away from this world, there's good memories to remember. Ah, oh, these guys helped me. Or helped the temple. You know. Dear Reverend, does the dead come back and touch us physically? Reasoning being on the last day of Qingming prayer, while I was seated uh, chanting upstairs, you mean upstairs there? I felt something pull my collar. It happened very quickly. Do you think it was just my illusion? Please advise. I really don't know, because I was not there looking at it. It could be, it could be your illusion. It could be somebody touching you. It could be um, some, some, some spirit walking by and somehow his clothes, you know, touch your collar. It's possible. It could be my ancestor. It could be too. It could be your ancestor telling you that I got, I got your prayers. It's time to say goodbye. Could be your, your ancestor just passed away? No, no. I, I, I actually, with the seven days prayer here, right? Yeah, yeah. The last day while you were sitting down, it yeah. was the time to go off now. It could be, it could be. Because spirits are everywhere, you know. We just don't see them. But they are good spirits and they are bad spirits. It's just like they are good people and bad people. And uh, uh, that's the reason why uh, you have to strengthen your aura. You have to always have to have good energy to protect you being, uh, being troubled by bad spirits. You know. So I think that could be your ancestors. Yeah, very possible. Could be your ancestors. All right, I think that's it for today.